tonight on Coast to Coast AM, I will be discussing my latest book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression. This is based on my new book, my latest book. Basically what happened was several years ago, I started realizing that when I'm trying to take clients to source events that we are trying to access via past lives, if I feel intuitively we're not at the source event, I guide people into a space where they can meet with the higher selves of their parents and go down the ancestral lines to send love, light, and healing to ancestors. This is incredibly powerful and transformational, and you can do all of these things and more if you pick up a copy of the book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. I've also got a class where I'm reading all of the exercises to you, and you're going to sit with me in a video course on my Healing Arts School, which is at healingarts.thinkific.com, or you can go over to my website at pastlifelady.com and check all of this out and more so that you can heal your ancestors to heal your life. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Welcome, dear one. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Well, guess what? The week just started, and so we're doing a special episode of Healing Arts Podcast because I will be on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie tonight speaking about Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. And I know that all of the Coasties, aka people who love listening to Coast to Coast AM, people who love staying up in the middle of the night, um, all of the Coasties love UFOs. And my guest today, Mary Rodwell, is literally, I mean, there's not hardly anybody as well known in, in this field as she is. She's wonderful and you are going to love it. And the other thing coming up next weekend is going to be Contact in the Desert, which is a conference Mary's going to be speaking at. It's normally obviously in person, but this year it's all online. So I wanted to make sure the show comes out so that you can um, she's discussing in our interview some of the things that she'll be discussing at the conference. So check it out and let's settle in and listen to the amazing and phenomenal Mary Rodwell. 
Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I'm super excited today because we have the amazing Mary Rodwell on the show. Mary, you may know, you should know that she is one of the world's, in my mind, one of the world's leading authorities, certainly the leading authority in the country of Australia on UFOs. She is author of Awakening and the New Human Awakening to Our Cosmic Heritage. And you may know that I had spoken with Alan Steinfeld about his amazing book, Making Contact. Mary has an amazing essay in there. And I'm just so happy to have you here today, Mary. Thank you. And welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you, Shelley. It's an absolute pleasure. Wonderful. So there's so much to talk about. You founded the Australian Close Encounter Resource Network back in 1997, and you've got over 3,000 case studies. So tell us about the journey that you have been on for many, many years in this field. Well, I can say it probably started as a small child in a sense that I've always wanted to, I think, ask the big questions. I was brought up in a very traditional Christian belief system but uh, things didn't always fit for me, even though I followed it and it, for a while it fitted my spiritual journey, but there were things that I was taught that didn't fit in when I started to explore. And, you know, things like reincarnation weren't okay. Um, and I know that's a big thing in your life. So, um, you know, I read books on reincarnation thinking, hold on a minute. So why does the church say that there's no such thing when people are remembering all these lives and they're, you know, they're, so it, it, that was just one, one aspect, but let's say that, you know, from nursing and midwifery, which was my professional background, I was drawn synchronously into counseling. And what that did for me was make me um, understand that a great deal of illness is often caused through emotional trauma and psychological trauma. And I thought, you know, prevention is better than cure, you know, as far as I was concerned. But what was fascinating is the, ex the experiences as I worked in the medical practice, you know, people were saying, you know, although dad's gone, I can still, you know, I, I, he communicates with me or um, they would explain other, what we would call paranormal events. And for me, it wasn't a problem because I was always aware that there was the spirit that, you know, lived on. I had no problem with that. But it was the problem of psychology that said, you can't, you can't have this because only what you see and touch and hear, all the five senses is the only tangible reality. Yet yes. these were having profound effects on these individuals who were very positive you know, um, in the most part. So this drew me more into looking at mediumship, clairvoyance, um, spirituality from that perspective. I always felt that there were gifted people that could communicate with spirits. And although we were brought up Catholic, my mum used to go to the, you know, mass in the morning and a spiritualist church in the evening saying, Mary, it's all God, you know, it's all God. So was the problem and it wasn't for me. So although, you know, we were brought up in that way, mum had no problem with the greater um, understanding of, of God, if you like, from whatever belief system, which encouraged me to explore. And I got drawn into looking at hypnosis 
and had a few past life experiences, which is really funny because part of you, or at least for me, it was like, did I really say that? Where did that come from? <laughs> yes. Uh, I've never heard of that before. Why would it come out my mouth? You know, this kind of thing. I you know, know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and it was, you know, um, and it was that that sparked me into learning hypnosis. Although I was trained as a clinical hypnotherapist, they didn't teach you how to do past lives. They didn't tell you about all the other stuff. That was something that I journeyed myself to understand and worked with others that were having experiences, past lives. And, and obviously, as you already know, a lot of um, the origins of phobias and things can be from another lifetime. They don't all have to stem from this lifetime. So I was having success with saying to the superconscious, take me to the origin of this particular issue. And it would be right, you know, medieval times, or it would be on another planet, or it would, you know, right, okay. But the proof of the pudding was the healing that happened. So whether or not, you know, you wanted to believe it or not, or they wanted to believe it, the change occurred. So as far as I was concerned, that's all that mattered was you've got a positive result from that experience, whether or not you wanted to see it as them, them exploring it from a, um, a different perspective of understanding, ultimately it, it cured. It cured a lot of these um, issues that people had and you know all about that. So, but then again, it took me one step further. Um, I had my own private practice in the end and I had a gentleman come to see me who said, Mary, for this, there's no support groups. For this, they just think you're crazy. I'm having experiences on board craft, um, waking up with marks on my body, shaved areas. My family's um, also having experiences. The relatives won't come to the house because they think it's demons. And it was his experience of contact. And he asked if I could help. Fortunately, as the spirit world assists, um, I'd read two books on the subject. And one was Dr. Mack, um, who was professor of psychiatry at Harvard University, who had written the book, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens. I had synchronously picked it up because if it was uh, a subject that was weird and wonderful, I had to have a book on it. You know, it was, yeah. <laughs> I've got you. Um, and the other one was Communion um, by Whitley Strieber. And that was the package that they gave me to say, right, Mary, here you go. And from Ellis Taylor, who was my very first, he's now an author, um, from his experiences, two weeks later, another lady walked through the door with experiences. And then it was, I met a social worker that was having experiences. We started a, a, a support group and it just grew exponentially. 25 years later, here am I talking about star children, um, the whole phenomena and how important it is for us to understand we're not alone because they've been with us all through history. Um, even if they were called the gods before, it's about time we put a modern um, take on that and realize that plainly many of them are just intelligences with greater technology that have been visiting us and interacting with us all through, uh, the, all through the millenniums. 
Absolutely. What What do you think about this supposed disclosure that we're getting ready to have? Because I thought we should have known this already. Like you're saying, isn't this kind of a no brainer for most people? I mean, that we're not alone. I guess it's not. I don't know. Oh, Shay, I agree with you up to 100%. It's quite funny that they're showing this footage and saying, you know, that it's doing things that we can't explain and it's really, you know, amazing and we're trying to work out what it is. And I just think you are just BS. You are just speaking BS. They have known for 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years exactly what they are. They reverse engineered um, equipment and technology from the craft that we are now using, like, um, you know, fiber optics, night vision, um, digital chips. All this has come from reverse engineering of, the, of what they've taken from the craft. So to me, disclosure is rather hilarious, given the fact that they're really only giving us a tiny amount of what they really know and pretending they don't know anymore. But we have more and more people, thousands. I mean, I've worked with three and a half thousand individuals and families with this experience. There are millions out there, possibly yes. billions, very likely, that are having experiences that are afraid to talk about it because they're going to be laughed at or sent to the hospital or medicated. And that's my big issue is that really it's the people that have been damaged because of this whole truth embargo. Um, and that's why I'm as busy as I am because more and more people now are owning this and saying, look, Mary, this is what's been going on all my life, you know, but I need now to be able to at least talk about it. Absolutely. It seems like in the last 20 years, it's really um, come a long way with people being willing to speak about these things. And, and I think it's so disappointing that they're getting into all this disclosure stuff. And then they started kind of even walking back what little they were willing to do. It's just, it is, you're right. It's just such a disservice to people. I mean, because it's going to come out one way or another. And, and like you said, the people need some resolution here. So your book or your, um, your essay and in your books, you talk about hybrid humans. And so tell us about that. Tell us about the evolution of humanity. Well, that has been, for me, everyone says, well, what does it all mean? You know, if they, they're visiting us, what's the agendas? What's going on? And I think there are multiple agendas to begin with. But because my background was in nursing and midwifery, I wanted to also really explore the evidence from a very tangible 3D perspective. And when we look back at the um, history of Homo sapiens sapiens. We've got a number of anomalies that explain what Dr. Francis Crick, co-founder of the DNA molecule said that he believed we were intelligently designed. And there have been a, a number of um, geneticists that have come out and said, the evidence is there that we have been with a, a design species, that they can see where the, the genes are being cut and spliced, all of that, there um, is still not made public because they say that, it, you know, at the moment, there's still an embargo on the truth of that. But the bottom line is that's there's your clue right away is OK. So we went from Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, missing link, suddenly Homo sapiens sapiens, twice the brain size, 
with an addition of 223 genes that were a sideways insertion of genetic material, all to do with higher psychological functioning. They can't explain that 223 genes. Suddenly it just appeared, you know, magically. Um, so when you look at this, we are hybrids for stuff, you know, when people say, well, all these hybrids are coming, we're hybrids. But the difference now is some of those individuals that are connecting to the term hybrids seem to have more of an activation on, and awareness of who they are. Plus some have said that the star beings that, that are part of, part of them have added extra DNA um, so that they feel more connected to these star beings, whether and, and will connect to maybe a star origin such as Arcturus or Pleiades or Orion or somewhere else. So it's like that part of them has been activated and that's, that's what they relate to and say, really, my family origin is not from here. It's from a star origin. And that's, you know, very simplistically how some of the hybrids um, are understanding themselves and they're coming in far more awake. And the new human is the children too. Uh, many of them are relating to being hybrids. And we'll say, you know, as an eight-year-old, said to me in this very office, Mary, my ancestors are the mantis beings. And when I die, I'm going back to being a mantis. You know, not, human, not a humanoid, but a mantis being. Very comfortable with that um, as, as his ancestry and what he connects to. And this is happening with so many of the children that are remembering their origins. Um, to give you an example of a 10-year-old that explained that he came from a planet and he was a blue being. And he said, he's, it's his first incarnation on planet earth. And he said, I'm a center seed, which means I connect to the center of the planet and I will be actually dealing with the pollution on planet earth. That's mm. my role, that's, that's my mission here. So a lot of the hybrids are aware of a mission, a purpose, they've come in to help huma humanity on some level with some communicating with animals, plants, et cetera, et cetera, as part of their role in creating a new consciousness, a new awareness of who and what we are. Your cases are so fascinating because you're, you know, you, the kids are saying different things. I mean, of course it's all to help humanity, but to be assigned to plants or to be assigned to pollution, that's, that's very specific, especially in kids so young. So do you find that um, everyone has a very unique purpose within that, or is it a little bit, I don't know, is it more to help humanity in general, or do you think it's always as specific as it was with the cases that you've cited here today? So it seems that some are coming in with different roles to play. In metaphysics, you know, these children have been identified as indigos, crystals, children of light, you know, um, golden children. I think the, the frequency that they're coming in suggests the role that they're going to have on the planet. The indigos, uh, many have said, are really the ones that are gonna challenge the system, are going to challenge the paradigm and the status quo, for example. So they've come in as a bit of spiritual warriors, for example, but you've, can't, you've got some that are coming in as empaths, as healers, uh, and they know that they've come in as, with that role to play, for example. Others are coming in with 
the essence of love. And they're coming in to just help with the healing and to share this frequency across the planet. Um, some have come in as this eight-year-old in my office said, he's come in because he communicates with animals and he's going, his, mm. his role is to assist people to understand and respect animals and respect their consciousness. So his, that's his mandate. Um, in my book, there's a young man who is a teenager who calls himself an Arcturian ambassador. And his role is to help with the ecology of creating ecological habitat in um, harmony with the planet. That's his role. So there's, you know, there's different um, specific roles that some are aware of in terms of what they've come here to do. So you, there's obviously the younger people being born right now with these purposes. And you also talk about those who might've walked in to become part of this star family. So tell us about some walk-ins that you've encountered. Well, it seems like as soon as I think I've got some kind of handle on it all, another aspect of um, breaks that open again. And the walk-ins are interesting because I think there are different levels of walk-in um, or soul swap as some call them as well. Um, let me give you a, a bit of an idea. One lady who I met some years ago um, came up to me and she said that she was a walk-in and she explained that she remembers being on a cylindrical spacecraft. She was not about nine foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. She said, we didn't speak verbally. Everything was telepathic. She said, um, uh, light was our food, you know, we didn't have to eat. And she remembers being put into a three-year-old girl's body and having to learn how to talk and how to eat. And it was wow. very traumatic. Um, and she said her job is like, a, she called it herself an undercover agent for this particular intelligence where she'd go every month back to her origins and debrief um, and also share what it's like to be human, what's going on on the planet, et cetera, to this particular, her star family, if you like. So that was her understanding of her walk in nature. Another lady that I know very well now has had a, another amazing, amazing story. She's born in Hong Kong, but lives in Australia now. And she said that the other soul that mm -hmm. um, was part of her finally vacated, but they had been told by the doctor, she had autoimmune disease, um, mm -hmm. three, given three months to live. The light beings came and healed her and she then had a mission. And she was in that body for a time. But after her fourth pregnancy and numerous near-death experiences, this new, new soul came in and this new soul is from the 13th dimension. And she explained that there they are just intelligence, they are just energy. Um, and the reason that she's come into the human container is so that she can re um, relate better to humanity, to share her story, to share the awareness and understanding they now need. And she said, if you're just energy, it's much harder to have that relationship. So they've come in and incarnated into this physical form. So that's her understanding of why she's walked in. Others will say 
um, there seems to be um, a point where they've had added uh, extra part of their soul self come in to assist them with certain challenges because they were overwhelmed with with how much uh, with their the um, challenges here. So it's almost like, and I, the way I look at it, and I may be completely wrong, but I was shown this that if you talk that as the oversoul aspects of ourselves are operating in different dimensions, different universes, mm -hmm. or whatever, or having different lives. I know you would get that. Um, that. I mean, there's probably a lot more. Um, but sometimes, if it's overwhelming the challenges in a particular um, experience, they will pull in more of their oversoul so that they can actually manage that particular challenge better because they've been overwhelmed. So it's not quite a walk-in, it's an expansion of that soul essence to enable them to come here and do the job they've come here to do. So that's another aspect of this. And there's probably many more. I mean, I, you know, it's just like, it keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, I had, um, I had a strange trip into the light, like back in 2000, where I met with some beings. I was told there was something wrong with my heart. And then when I came back, I had healing abilities. And then I was contacted by a blue being. I mean, there's been a lot of weird things that have happened. And people said, well, are you a walk-in? But I've just never identified myself in that way. I, I think of myself more like what you described, that we, are, we have aspects of ourselves that are multidimensional living in different spaces and that some other part of myself seems to have arrived and understood healing because the person that used to be a PR director certainly didn't know anything about that, you know? And so it's been quite an interesting journey. <laughs> To say the least. I, I, you know, what I would say is that we're only beginning to understand the properties of the soul. Um, and we've always, you know, I think we've had a very limited understanding. For example, this eight-year-old explained to me that when he goes on the craft sometimes, he evaporates, he calls it evaporates, into this other form, a mantid form, for a time and then comes back to his human form to come back down to planet earth. So wow. he's literally moving into another container for a limited time, and that's not unusual. Um, I've had uh, cases where the person has seen themselves on the craft, they're in another form, like a Zeta form. Um, one lady said she was a scientist in that Zeta form doing a certain work. And I said, well, where's your human body? And she said, oh, it's just over there. I was like waiting for her. Um, and I said, well, how do you get back into your human form? And she described a ball of light leaving the Zeta body and container and reanimating a human form before she actually came back down to planet Earth. And I've heard others say that a similar thing. So we, we aren't necessarily trapped in our human container. It seems that we can operate other forms and this is, again, what's interesting about that for me is the ball of light, because so many people now are seeing orbs and balls of light and identifying them as spirits of family or people they're close to or ETs. And I believe a lot of these orbs are indeed us out of body in our Merkabah, in our light body. Oh, yeah. I, I've thought about the idea, you know, how when you feel like some comforting presence is with you that perhaps that could even be um 
a aspect of ourselves coming from the future to comfort us in the past, you know, kind of like what we do in um, different past life regressions, you're comforting people in the past, but the future people could be coming here to comfort us as well. And the ET people to assist us with our healing and just um, being peaceful. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And recently um, there was a nine-year-old that explained to his mother that he was a time traveler. And he explained that he'd cut in that space, he didn't look human and only had four fingers and no nails. He explained that he'd come from the future. Um, so, and recently another hybrid said a similar kind of thing to me that she explained that in another timeline, she was one of these intelligences and had a very high profile and her biggest problem, she, she's a young lady, her biggest problem is now being in a, a, a human girl's form and really having no influence whatsoever. And she's saying, you know, it's really hard because I, you know, I was something <laughs> out of the timeline in the future. And she said, here am I now, you know, this little, what am I doing here on planet Earth, you know, with really nothing going on. And it was quite a, dis <laughs> a disappointment, you know. So, um, but again, she saw herself as coming from another timeline in the future. So this, you know, it just keeps getting more and more complex, the understanding that we have, but the awareness, there is so much more to that aspect we call soul or spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just not too long ago that I had this personal feeling that I was comforting myself. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, I thought, wow, you know, maybe that really is part of what's happening when a future version myself came over to help me out with something it was very strange so I, I i don't think that that really is beyond possibilities i at all because we are connecting to our oversoul you right. know our subconscious self which is supporting us and some will see that as guides or helpers or teachers or whatever i believe it's all an aspect of that possibly anyway so why not why not um, give ourselves that extra help when we need it from another part of our superconscious. So I, I think that's a really good way to go. Absolutely. One of the things you talk about that I, I've thought a lot about is this idea that we do have dormant DNA that can be reactivated and can be put to use. So would you tell us about your thoughts on that? Well, it's a very important important one that so many that are having encounters talk about the interest in our DNA by these intelligences. And, you know, one of the things that I've shown in my presentations is um, the story of an 11 year old that when he was taken up on board a spacecraft and he saw that um, certain sounds were being played. And he said, that's to activate my DNA. And when he came from that experience, he said to his mom, I've got these songs, you have to record them. Um, and he got on the piano because he, he was learning piano anyway. But these songs came through him and one of them was called Activation of DNA. And the whole point is that what we, we were hearing here is this uh, about the frequencies. We have apparently dormant DNA up to 95%, often called junk DNA. I don't believe it's junk at all. I, um, mm -hmm. What Dr. Crick and others are saying is it's the DNA from 
these intelligences that is being activated. And this is what many of the experiences say that there's an activation going on of their DNA. And it can happen through healers working with frequency. Many healers start to bring in these languages we call star languages or light languages, um, universal language, which seem to be a part of this activation. Activation can happen in artwork. Many of those have had encounters start to do very unusual complex artwork, which I was told by one young man, and I wrote about it in my book, The New Human, was he said, my art is to activate perception. So when people look at it, it activates more awareness. So there's the artwork, there's the music, there are the symbols that many people find themselves drawing. And to explain that one, one said that even one symbol as a complex file of data um, or compressed data that would fill this room with encyclopedias that is being downloaded as part of, I believe, this activation. And my sense is that those kinds of complex programs or software are for what I call the upgraded computer, you know, human computers, so that when we get activated, we're going to need new software to manage that multidimensional awareness. So maybe that what we're doing is being prepared for that because so many, and I'm sure you come across it too, is the people that start to get activated, awakening to more of their multidimensional selves and really confused and frightened because they're afraid they're going crazy. If they open up to it, something will happen or um, they won't be able to manage it. Um, or that, you know, if they're very religious, they may think it's demons or whatever. So a lot of my work has been recently is helping people to understand how to manage this new awareness in a way they can integrate it and work with it in, in a way that gives them confidence rather than fear. So I believe that this activation can cause a lot of dilemmas for people. You know, they mm. may have a Kundalini awakening or they may have had a near-death experience like, you know, so many have. Um, it may be an out-of-body experience. It may be a shamanic experience. It may be uh, a, a severe grief experience or whatever that is activating that part of themselves. So they start accessing more of their multidimensional awareness. And that can be terrifying for many people. Yeah, one of the manifestations that... Um, a lot of my students have had is the ringing in the ears, you know, and people think that they've got Meniere's disease or something or tinnitus or something. And this is, um, you know, to me, this is natural. I mean, I, I feel like that's an upgrade of some kind and people can just go with it. But I guess if it gets so distressing to some people that it does cause some panic with some people. Sometimes that's happening because a craft is near. And it'll be interesting sometimes when someone's come into my office and they'll say, oh, I'm getting that ringing again. I said, well, that's probably just above, <laughs> just above the office. And then you're saying, hello, you know, we're here <laughs> or whatever. Sometimes it is actually that, um, is that they're tapping into um, these intelligences that are close by. And it's, it, it can be a craft is, is nearby with that ringing as well. Um, so, you know, I think that, all of these are tangible ways of understanding that something very important is going on. And we need those 
physical clues because otherwise it's very hard, particularly as the research that we've done with the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation, where they, we discovered out of 4,200 people, their conscious recall, that 75% of their encounters are out of body. Only 25% are actually physical. So it's very hard to quantify that when they'll say, well, I had a dream. And I'll say right. to them, uh, you know, the dream was, I was on a spacecraft in this dream. And I'll say, um, when did you have the dream? Oh, 10 or 15 years ago. And I said, and you still remember it? What makes you think it was a dream? Because often because you're taken in an altered state or you're taken out of body, it then feels like a dream. But in fact, it's, it often is an, an experience. And that's what you know, a lot of people finally realize is because 75% of them literally go out of body rather than physically, it's much harder to get a handle on it and to trust it in the same way as you would a conscious recall. Absolutely. And then I think the other thing is, um, if people are having these experiences, I've talked to people where I'm trying to tell them, just think of these beings as guides who are helping you and, and that you can talk to them, yeah. ask them what they're here for, you know, negotiate. Maybe I don't like you ringing my ears so loudly. Would you please stop? I mean, what do you think of that? Can't we just talk to them a little bit and negotiate some of these things? I think you're absolutely right. And um, part of my work has been to show people how easy it is to connect to those intelligences because you know a lot of it is telepathic it's our intent what we're putting out is what they're that they are listening to and we may see them as guides or teachers or helpers or you know um, life guide or whatever it doesn't matter if you have the desire to connect with them in that way they will connect with you and it you know it doesn't have to be in the least scary it is a matter of just putting that out there the other way for those that are not quite ready to do that, if, and you will know this, that if you take them into trance, take them on board craft and they see themselves there having a procedure and say, well, what are you doing? I, I get them to look around them at the beings and say, okay, so which one looks familiar? And there's always gonna be one that looks very familiar. And I'm saying, right, well, ask this being why you're there. Why have they picked you up this time? What's the purpose of it? Um, okay, and that's what they will do. Okay, so how many times have you picked me up? Oh, and they'll reel off the ages that they've been picked up. Okay, what else do you wanna know from this being that you know, you're know you having interactions with? And all the questions that they've put down as significant to them, we go through them. And so they get their answers to it. Okay, so ask, have you in, on any level consented to this? Oh, they're telling me before I came here. Okay, how do you feel about that? You know, <laughs> does that resonate with you? So they have a way of communicating in trance state, feeling quite safe because it's in that space. So for some, that works really, really well. Others, I show them how to do it consciously so they don't even have to go into trance because we all have, you know, we all have the ability to do all of that. You know, it's just that we always think it's someone else has to be special. Well, we're all special. So that's, right. that's exactly right. And I really appreciated what you said in the essay and in your other writings about the fact that, you know, um, we are responsible. You know, I like the idea that we are choosing things that we're experiencing. Did we make a contract with these people or did we make an agreement? 
you know, just own it and say, okay, you know, and then if you don't like the contract, then you can always go and renegotiate it or cancel it. But, you know, the idea that we can, if we own something, then to me, we can, you know, go into the experience more powerfully and get more of the learning that I believe we come here to get with these experiences. I think, and as I know that you yourself understand this, is that when you work with past lives and, you know, often I would take them through the death sequence and then yes. say, okay, looking at your life, what did you, what are you pleased with you achieved or you learnt? And they would say, oh, I learned compassion or I learned about this or, or I didn't do so well in that one, but I did well in this one and whatever. And then when they're renegotiating their next incarnation, um, they'll say, well, um, I, you know, they'll pick their, their parents, their siblings, and also orchestrate the challenges. And this is really interesting because I say we're actually in charge of our, our soul journey and our human journey. And so people say, well, where's the free will in that? The free will is the soul's already orchestrated what challenges it chooses to give itself in that life. And I said, the free will is your attitude to it. Are you going to see yourself as a victim? Or are you going to see yourself as this is a mirror to show me something very important that I need to learn? And there will be the golden thread. Where is it? What is it that you're gaining through that? But you have got to, you know, your choice is to be a victim all your life or to understand you are absolutely in charge of your human journey and your attitude to how you deal with those challenges. And I said, and some people have given themselves amazing, incredibly difficult challenges, and they are really special to have taken that on. Um, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I don't believe anyone is a victim of anything. I and some people are going to hate me for this problem. No, I don't either. I don't either. That you and I are on the completely same page. And I know it's not something that everybody wants to hear, but you know, I, I like the idea that we are in charge. If we don't like what's going on, okay, guess what? We can change. Things yes. can change. I, I feel like, you know, I've, you know, I've always felt we are kind of co creators of our experience. And I always have the Star Trek holodeck where we decide, right, we're going to go into the 1930s. I'll create a few interesting scenarios for myself, you know, and whatever. Um, and that may horrify some people. But I've sort of got, you know, there's that, that humorous side uh, that is, okay, so why would I do that? Okay, so it's showing me this, this, and this, and this, and this, you know. But as a counsellor, what we do is exactly the same thing, is we um, enhance a perspective that is more healing, and ultimately more useful for someone than um, the one they may have chosen where they can't get out of that dark pit and say, well, if we can look at it this way, maybe there's a way through this that will be more um, helpful for you and more positive for you. We, I mean, we do that as counselors anyway. We just, um, in this role, we just do it more from the soul perspective. Um, it's just uh, expanding that, I think. It is taking a look at, from a different perspective at a situation just totally changes the energy around it. And then just understanding yeah. that, you know, today is a new day. Tomorrow's another day. We're moving forward and we're letting go of those things from the past and moving forward in a life that we really want to live, which we all can do, you know, as you know. 
So we're on the same page, my friend, I'll tell you that. So let me ask you this, if somebody is out there and they're feeling deep in their soul that they have had um, an experience, they've been contacted in some way, what would you recommend that they do to come to terms with that if perhaps maybe they haven't yet? Well, what I would say is find out more about it. Start listening to some of the stories or, you know, read a little bit um, on this subject so that you can start to work out where you fit in it all because it's such a broad spectrum of experiences. I have a questionnaire that I have created that helps people connect the dots. Um, they may not realize a phobia of clowns, Santa Claus, um, owls with big eyes are all can all be screens for ET contact, for example. So it's being informed. The more informed, the more you can make sense of your own story and what's going on for you. And understand that it's often intergenerational. So you're either your siblings or your parents, one or both may have had some experiences, grandparents, and often someone will say to me, oh, dad was always into UFOs. Well, there's your, there's your, your genetic line right there. Um, and you can right. so start to build that picture up for yourself in terms of understanding. The best understanding is to do your research, to look into this, to start to find out what triggers you, what, what actually resonates with you. And as you do that, more and more information will, be, um, will come to you simply because you're seeking it, because you're putting out that frequency. I want to know more about this or whatever. And so by doing that, Ultimately, you're going to get a fairly good picture of what's going on. If you want to look at missing time or all those other things, right. you can always seek someone like yourself, um, someone who does hypnosis that can take you into that space to find out more of why, what actually happened in that missing time. But sometimes, you know, you can go into a relaxed space yourself and ask the question and just see what comes. Often we can get a huge amount. We, we dismiss it because it's just me and I'm probably imagining it and all the rest of it. Stop doing that <laughs> and, right. and just see what comes because there's a knowing in there. There's That's an right. awareness in there. Start trusting what your awareness is showing you. And the more you explore it, more information comes. It's like the more you open the door, the more understanding comes. Absolutely. That is fantastic. You and I are on the same page about this. So it's, it's been a joy to connect with you. So you're going to be at Contact in the Desert, the virtual event later this month. Is that right? Yes. Um, I'm doing three different um, virtual presentations. The first one is another way contact can happen through orbs of light. And it's a really fascinating story from a retired pilot. Um, also, I'm talking about hybrids and a Brazilian case that I've come across and another young lady from Spain. The the one following, um, I've got doing one on hypnosis, demystifying hypnosis and how it can help. And there are two stories there, both Australian, uh, both actually both of them are Kiwis, that means New Zealanders, but are living in Australia. Um, both of them have a different kind of story as they've gone into an altered state, finding it, trying to find out what happened, why certain things are going on and how useful and non-threatening going into an altered state can be. Nothing to fear. It's all about just the intent to have an understanding. And it can make huge differences. It can ch change somebody from absolute fear 
into a whole new way of understanding their interaction with these intelligences. So that's the reason for that. And it, some of the information from one of the gentlemen is quite fascinating be, simply because his first memory was when he saw a craft in the Navy, which, re, which activated a memory from when he was a child. So it's quite an interesting way that that happened. The last one is the activation. And what I've put in there is a program for activation. Some of the music, some of the artwork, some of the symbols, some of the languages, and showing how all of these are frequencies that activate DNA, including some testimony of how they've understood it. Um, and one of them is a medical doctor who explains how she now has worked on from a, a traditional medical MD to a shamanic MD activating DNA. So um, all in all, if you don't want your paradigm changed, don't go <laughs> We all want our paradigm changed, Mary, please. It's so fun I'm to have a no responsibility. Yes. I'm taking no responsibility for what happens. What is it, the disclaimer at the bottom? <laughs> yeah, they check in and now they've checked out, but they're not the same person when they leave your program, I'm sure. I love it. So how can we get a hold of you? What's your website, your main website? Um, uh, uh, this is Australian Coast Encounter Resource Network, CERN. There's the alien lady or maryroddle.com. There's reasons why I'm called the alien lady. That's due to a documentary I was in. Um, and also I'm on Facebook. And if you Google me, you're going to come up with all of those anyway, presentation, all sorts. So it's not hard to find me. Okay, great. We'll have the links below and also the links to your wonderful books and everything else that you're doing. Mary, you are amazing. Um, you're a kindred spirit. It's been a joy to connect with you. And I just wish you continued success and peace and happiness and just to continue on doing all the great work that you're doing. It's been an absolute pleasure, Shelley. And, it, and what's lovely is when people actually get <laughs> my weirdness. <laughs> it isn't weird to me, my friend. So I don't know, you know. You're on the same page. We are, absolutely. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much. All right, friends, we've done it again. Another episode of Healing Arts. So check out Mary's websites. I'm going to have the links below. And her books are incredible. You need to read them. And I will see you next time on Healing Arts. We'll be right back. Hey friends, guess what? I've got a new book coming out from Llewellyn Worldwide on March 8th called Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. This book is based on something I call genealogical regressions. Because sometimes when I'm working with clients, I go into their past lives and I realize this is not the source event of the challenge. We need to send light and love to ancestors in order to make our lives the wonderful places that we want to be. So I hope you'll check out my new book and stay tuned for class announcements, book signings, and more as March gets closer. Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, coming March 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide.
to say thank you for ordering my book. If you will please email me a copy of your receipt, I will give you a gift, which is a recording of a journey down your mother's ancestral line that's taken straight out of the book. You'll travel with your mom's higher self, go to an event in the past on her family tree that needs to be healed. It's a really powerful journey. And so I'll send you the audio recording if you will just send me an email. So when you buy the book, forward your receipt. My email address is Shelly at ShellyCare.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y at Shelly Care, which is S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-K-A-E-H-R.com. It's a little gift. To say thank you so much for supporting my book. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. I hope you loved my talk with Mary. She's amazing. And I hope you have an amazing week. So we've got some exciting guests coming up on Healing Arts. And I'm getting ready to round out a couple of seasons. I'm going to start doing some more guided imagery for you and things like that. As per usual, if you have guest suggestions, feel free to email me, Shelly at ShellyCare.com. And I will attempt to book these guests. Um, just so grateful for your friendship. I am very excited to be back on Coast to Coast. I hope you can stay up. If you cannot stay up, remember that you can always become a Coast Insider. And that way you can get access to the archives and things like that. So exciting, exciting. Also coming up in July, um, I am going to be a little bit more off grid. Normally when I do the Healing Arts show, I like to speak to you about anything current that's going on, but I'm going to go ahead and start pre-recording part of this show that I normally do week by week because um, I am supposedly going to be leaving town at the end of July to go to Greece. Now, I don't have to tell you after 2020 that I don't take anything for granted. So obviously that's the plan, but of course anything can happen. But the plan is that I'm going to be returning to Greece. I haven't been there in over 20 years. And I find it to be an incredibly, um, very, very inspiring place, as you can probably imagine. So that's my plan. And then in August, I'll have a lot of new classes and things going on. So know that you are always in my prayers and thoughts. I hope you have an amazing week. Um, just take care of yourself. All we're doing out here, I think everybody's just doing the best they can as we start to integrate back into society. It is really fun to get back out there and see everybody. So I hope you're doing well. Alrighty, so take care and I'll see you next time on Healing Arts. Hi friends, Dr. Shelley here. Guess what? You're not going to believe this. I have another book coming out from Llewellyn Worldwide. It will be out on December 8th and it's called Blast from the Past. 
healing spontaneous past life memories. So earlier in the 2000s, I wrote a book series, which I have discussed on the Healing Arts Podcast, about a phenomenon I call supretravi, spontaneous past life memories. This is when we're trying to mind our own business, and yet we're hit with this picture, thought, or feeling about something that happened to us in the past. This was happening to me all the time while I was traveling to other places, and what I found through my research is that I truly believe this happens to every single person alive. The book has some incredible endorsements from people like Coast to Coast's George Nori and others, and it would mean the world to me if you will go out and pre-order my book so that you can have it before the holidays when it comes out on December 8th. So check out Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories, now available in pre-order on Amazon.com. And thank you so much for your support. Namaste.